the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and Andrew Breitbart observed that culture is upstream of politics, and Maybe our side is starting to get that a little bit now and starting to resist the left's cultural takeover of the country a little bit now, but it's fleeting and and inconsistent. America was founded on Judeo-Christian culture. It is integral to what we are about Right from the Declaration of Independence, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. And among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. John Adams, one of our founders, said that our Constitution was made for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Alexis de Tocqueville, who wrote the great book, Democracy in America. Despotism may govern without faith, but liberty cannot. How is it possible that society should escape destruction if the moral tie is not strengthened in proportion as the political tie is relaxed? And I could go on for the entire show with similar observations by founders and other great leaders of our country that while it's popular now to uh, attack the founders, uh, both because some of them own slaves, or what do these 18th century guys know about things today, but they produced the longest surviving constitution in the world and the longest surviving republic in the world because of their Christian principles and because they understood human nature. Which brings us to present-day America and California. And we're going to sort some things out along the, uh, the culture war with a Chad, forgive, forgive the pronunciation, Schnicker? Schnicker? Yeah, that's pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah. Good German name. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and his pastor, Ty McLean. Uh, we have his church, the Baptist Church in Orange County, and they have an organization called the Faith and Freedom Coalition, which you can find them at ffcca.org. And the uh, precipitating event that, are the, uh, that led me to invite you onto the show this week is AB 2223 now pending in the California legislature. And you're used to hearing about bad in terms of its effect and undermining our society laws, and also just downright evil laws that are passed by the California legislature. So you, you, almost, you take it in stride almost. But this one, AB 223, as presently written, would allow the killing of, of babies after they are born. And that just strikes me as, as a level of evil that um, even, I was t even I was taken aback that the Democrats would be doing that. We know that, uh, that abortion and killing unborn children is the holiest sacrament of the left and the Democrat Party. But now they're extending it beyond birth to uh, children in one to four weeks, what they call perinatal in, the, in the, the word that's used in the statute. So, I've gone on long enough. Welcome to the show, uh, Chad and Ty. Um, I presume that you are equally concerned with AB 2223. I would go as far as saying I'm absolutely not a fan. 
How about yourself, Pastor Diana, in a modest way? <laughs> well, I, I, I'm I'm not only stunned by this, but the entire movement blows yeah. my mind. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe the uh, the uh, if all we got to do is walk it out a little bit and see where this kind of legislation goes. If we can if we can kill them post birth. Uh, when, where do we stop? And and how come we're not doing it to all the 13-year-olds that are fighting their parents right now? But it's it's probably not far from that. But the idea that this most unrepresented people group um, is an absolute victim of this law blows my mind. But it also uh, puts in peril, um, I believe, uh, the moms too. And and uh, and dads even have less say if nobody's going to investigate what happened to their little baby. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the, the, the relevant language in the bill says that notwithstanding any other law, a person shall not be subject to civil or criminal liability or penalty or otherwise deprived of their rights under this article based on their actions or omissions with respect to their pregnancy or actual potential or alleged pregnancy outcome, whatever that means, including miscarriage, stillbirth, or abortion, or perinatal death. Now, they did yesterday, earlier this week, amend, said a perinatal death, death due to pregnancy-related cause. And again, query what that means. If you, yeah. if you were to, if you define, if you look up the definition of perinatal, it is of relating to or being, in, being in the period around childbirth, especially the five months before and one month after birth. So they got too much heat from the word perinatal, but they didn't want to back off on leaving those opportunities open. Cause let's, 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 let's think about what perinatal could be. Um, this could be a scenario where, where a child survives an abortion, where in other states there have been laws that say, oh, this person was born, was born alive. Uh, and there have been other states where, where you were essentially obligated to care for these kids. Um, and I think the, the perinatal blanket term maybe from their own perspective would allow a medical professional through not even medical, an amateur, the, the mother herself, uh, to either do this herself through neglect or intentional homicide for, for those of us that actually believe that these children are absolutely God's children, that, that he knows the number of hairs on their head and they're born with a perfect plan that's individual for them. The promises that we're given as Christians, we we feel like these children have rights. And, and, and what Pastor Ty's probably going to talk about in a minute is what other more safe and sacred place should there be for a child in the womb? Um, I have a I have a young a young child myself will be three at the end of this month. I love him to death. Um, and I don't I don't know what comes over these people to leave these opportunities open. Whether it's whether we're going to use the word perinatal or their vague clarification, which frankly still allows them to to do the same thing uh, and leave it open to potentially destroying a child after birth, it, a fully viable child after birth. When they leave leave that opportunity open, my question always ends up being, what drives you on a moral or conscious level to think that this is the priority? This is the hill you want to die on? I, I, I have no idea how to empathize with a group of people that, and we, we certainly try to work with them, but how do, you, how, do you, how do you make that mental leap that kids don't deserve to be protected? We're going to bring, we'll bring Pastor Ty here in just, in, just, in just a few seconds here. But you're right. They did on this week add to instead of just perinatal death. So that would have allowed if the someone could have strangled the baby in the first four weeks, and that would and that would have been legal under the statute. Now they added the words perinatal death due to a pregnancy related cause. What does what does pregnancy related cause mean? The statute doesn't define that. So is that, well, yeah, I, I, ki- I killed my baby because I had postpartum depression. I killed my baby because I wanted to get a, late tr- a late-term abortion. I couldn't get one, so that's now a pregnancy-related cause. It, it, it still leaves the door wide open to the unrestricted killing of now not unborn children, but now actually born, living, breathing children. And then you'll get there's another part in this in this bill that says that even an investigation 
is a violation of your rights under this bill. So let's say, you know, someone, you know, so three-week-old baby is now brought in dead. Even an investigation of the circumstances around that is potentially violates this bill and could render the police officer or the district attorney or whoever on behalf of law enforcement is investigating, well, what happened here? It would be potentially liable for a penalty of up of $25,000 plus attorney fees and any other actual damages. So it's a great deterrent to launching, to even in questioning, well, what happened to the uh, three or four week old baby that's now brought in dead. So the, the way I, I've read this, I really, I think there's enough evil in this bill without the ambiguity that they have intentionally allowed with the perinatal aspect. Perinatal is, you know, post post birth, and 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 we can speculate all day long as to where the limit that is. The question always ends up from a moral level: where's the line? And I'll tell you, the left, uh, the far left, never wants to draw it in any scenario. We're talking about abortion specifically here, but they don't ever want to draw the line. That way, they can dance back and forth on it and 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 never be called evil. Because the last thing they want to do is have some sort of moral line that they then have to maybe six months later change their opinion on because they've been pushed that further. That being said, what you just discussed, especially when it comes to the criminal aspect, is a continuation of the state's general um, attack on, on, on police and on, on, on morality. I mean, there's... How, at this point in time, I am surprised that I am still surprised at what they invent up in Sacramento. But once again, this bill's evil on its face in so many different ways. Um, and that's just that's one aspect of it. The few people that might want to investigate this, that might want to hold those accountable for the destruction of their children, those guys are no longer held, uh, are no longer able to do it, nor nor empowered. Certainly, there's a strong deterrent Absolutely. to 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 uh, to them trying to do anything to protect uh, newborn babies. Uh, Pastor Ty, you know, weigh in on this and more, maybe more from any way you want to, but maybe the religious aspect of it is that, I mean, there are even some, uh, pastors and churches that say abortion is just fine. The entire nine months of pregnancy. Yeah. If, if they're, uh, if they're looking to scripture for their, their, uh, their morality, then you, you can't say it's okay. It's it's murder. Uh, it's the taking of a life. But um, if we back up just one second, please, uh, talking about the uh, the fact that a person in law enforcement or even uh, D.A., were they to look into this, they could be immediately found guilty in violation of this. You can't even look at it enough to know if somebody should look at it. You can't even look at it enough to know if you shouldn't look at it because it'll put you in a state of liability. So uh, so we just have to look the other way for anything that happens to any children postnatal. So um, the old shaken baby syndrome and all that stuff, you got to throw all that right out because it sets anybody that looks into that up for a lawsuit yeah. or a violation of some sort. Back to the morality issue. How is it even, I, I still can't believe it. We call ourselves a society and, uh, and we allow the, flat-out murder of these children. The, the, the womb of the mother should be the safest place in the entire planet for a baby. And yet, uh, as statistics prove out, it, uh, it's the riskiest place for a child to stay uh, in the womb of the mom. Uh, and if, if, you, if you consider what is her rights, if somebody violates her rights and this baby dies, you can't even investigate that. If abortion is the standard, or excuse me, birth is the standard of of uh, um, birth-related incident, well, then uh, abortion has to fall into that, and so would murder have to fall into that. A, a person on the outside desiring to kill the baby or harm the mom by doing so. But currently, uh, our, our nation still seems to recognize that if you take the life of a baby from a mom um, uh, against her will, uh, we could charge that person with murder, but now this seems to even eliminate that. Uh, maybe not, because the, because the the section talks about if it's done with the consent of the of the, and it doesn't even talk mothers anymore. The statute also birthing person, yeah, the pregnant person. This thing jumps Wait through a second, hoops though. to avoid saying. Wait that. a second, though. But what <laughs> happens if you look into it to find out whether or not 
this was at their consent. That you, you could, you, that could be so. A uh, broad construction of that is that's an investigation and it violates uh, the rights under the, under the statute. Let's take a There's pause a here. I'll take a pause here and hear from our sponsor. He always likes to have his commercial play during the show. And we'll hear from Ed Hoffman of Planet Home Lending, the place to go for your real estate lending needs. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Planet Home Lending and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. If you'd like to own a home and you need financing, or you'd like to refinance a home you already own, whether that's in California or one of these escape from California states, Arizona, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, Texas, Arkansas, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, Ohio, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, or Montana, I'm the guy you want to talk to. Or if you'd like to inquire into the one of the most liberating financing tools for seniors, a reverse mortgage, you want to talk to someone who will guide you towards decisions based on your best interests, not theirs. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. My team and I will lead you to the best decision for you based on your short-term and your long-term goals. Again, for more information, call me at 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. Uh, my name is Greg Britton, and we are visiting with uh, Chad Schnicker, uh, the president of the Faith and Freedom Coalition at FFCCA.org, and the pastor of the organization, Pastor Ty McClellan. McClain. sorry. McClain. We're Faith and Freedom California. We are a chapter of a larger nationwide organization. Excellent. Uh, we were talking about uh, AB 2223 pending in the California legislature that would allow uh, the killing of not only babies all the way up to the moment of birth, which has been the law uh, up to, in California, but now babies as late as four weeks after birth. And of course, once, you, once you're at four weeks, why stop at four? Why not five? Why not eight? Why not six months? Um, and there's going to be a day of lobbying. I, mean, I think this is being organized and led by Pastor Jack Hibbs of Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills on April 19. And if you can find your way up to Sacramento, it's a Tuesday. It may be hard if you have a day job. But if you can, uh, you can go to realimpact.us and get more information on that event. Um, there's lots of other really bad bills up there, not only on a practical sense, but on a moral sense in Sacramento, and we'd like to talk about them. But do either of you have any further thoughts or closing thoughts on AB 2223? I feel like we did cover quite a bit of um, specifically the perinatal aspect, but one of the things that uh, I think is a, a stark um, departure from, from past policies that you saw on the Democratic Party side is they used to say it used to be what? Abortion had to be safe, legal, and rare. That was, right? that was Bill Clinton's Bill little Clinton. dodge. Safe, legal, and rare. And then now on section 1.G, it literally says people need to end pregnancies by abortion, including self-managed abortion, which means ending one's own pregnancy outside of the medical system. So uh, there is so much evil to be said about these six pages that anyone can find on, on legginfo.org, or you can look at our handwritten summaries on our Facebook page, um, you know, California, uh, Faith and Freedom Coalition of California. But what I will say is we, we are so far removed from safety for women or safety for children or safety for children post being born that um, from a moral, a moral level, these are the types of things that organizations like ours rally around and say, listen, enough is enough, California State Legislature. Um, and I, I, I feel like uh, this is going to be a good year for those of us that have strong opinions on these to push back. But Christians need to get out there. The only reason they can do these things is because those of us that identify as, as Christ followers, Jesus Christ followers, we don't vote super often, and not all of us are even registered. And the average nationwide is 30% of every church are not registered to vote. And of those who are registered to vote, only 45% of them vote regularly. So you know, the, the, the majority party here in California can get away with this simply because we don't show up and let them know that we are opposed to these policies. And uh, once Christians get organized and they actually start participating, I, I think you can see some actual policy changes. There are enough of us here in California. Pastor Ty. Oh. <laughs> I've got nothing to add to that. He's, he's dead on on that. We we do want the 
the voice of believers out there, at least being in the mix, making sure that uh, that our voices are heard, because currently uh, we're overwrought by these uh, liberal extremists that are moving the entire country, even even uh, moderate Democrats far left, and uh, and and we're ending up losing our voice all across the board there. And uh, it's not just Christians, but in particular. The pastors. I mean, there are there are good examples. Um, pastor Ty, our pastor in Redlands, Pastor Kevin O'Connor, uh, Pastor Tim Thompson, uh, Pastor Jack Hibbs, and, and and others. But they're the exception that that really encourage their members to bring their biblical values into their roles as citizens. Because what you, what Chad, what you said is exactly right that the uh, that Christians have a terrible record of participating in the political process. It's that we're in the we're in a church. Uh, I think they misconstrue uh, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, render unto God that which is God's means that we should just stay out of politics. And that's, that's absolutely not what the Bible says. And not in a democracy system where the highest office is the individual. If, if, if they say, well, okay, I'll just give it to my elected leaders and not have any knowledge of the integrity or the policies of these people – who is over the elected leaders? You. So are you abdicating your responsibility to manage your own society? Absolutely. And I'd also say these pastors, the major, the minority of the pastors that are politically active, that are encouraging their and – and they don't need to be politically active. We don't need to ask them to talk about candidates or, or endorse the Republican Party from the podium. When we do our ballot prayer drives, we don't ask anyone to do that. What we ask them to say is let's talk about issues that Christians should absolutely be concerned about. And abortion is obviously the, the elephant in the room. But there's tons of them up and down. School choice. Uh, the fact that John MacArthur's church can be shut down. And when he doesn't shut it down, the parking lot taken. I mean, we don't need to look that far in the distant history to see how the state has absolutely no um, respect for our way of life. Um, and, and we need to let them know that there's 60% of us out here. Last Most recent polling, you know, America's society, but we've, we've certainly had, have less Christians now than we have in decades past. But, um, you know, there's enough of us out here that they should be concerned about the voting block. And the only reason they aren't is because we're not out there and organized. And this, these pastors got to get involved too, because you know what happens? Their people don't hear what they need to hear from the podium. They don't get that dose of moral integrity. And a lot of them, when things get hard and they're not getting it from where they, where they go for their moral uh, information, they're leaving the state. So then churches are closing down. I mean, there is, there is an absolute cause and effect relationship for us, you know, giving away society's control to the groups that we feel we can't fight or don't want to. Yeah, how many churches remain closed? I know our church was was closed um, for a couple of months, but along with others, including Calvary Chapel, we uh, reopened on uh, Pentecost Sunday hmm. in May of 2020 and has been open ever since. Yeah. You know, you'll read a lot of newspaper, news articles out there. They talk about the changing demographics of the church. A lot of these people move to online, but I'll be honest. I think, I think one of the legacies of the pandemic is going to end up being um, people don't go back. They like their Sundays, um, and I think what what's needed is is pastors like the ones you had mentioned earlier, Jack Hibbs, Tim Thompson, to say, "Hey, listen, there is a reason here. You come here. You come here not necessarily for a a one hour refuge. You come to church to be armed and equipped to go back out and affect the society." And so, um, you know, we, we, we build, that's what Faith and Freedom California does. We build free tools for churches uh, to engage in these issues, to talk about these issues. Um, and, and it's absolutely for everything we do is free for churches and free for Christians. We, only have, a, we have less than a minute left in this, in this half. A uh, poll of millennials, uh, only one third claim to believe in God. Well, I'm technically one of those millennials, but honestly, a lot of those guys they left the fold because they went to Sunday school, they smoked pot in the uh, in the youth group room, and they didn't get something that was so opposite to the culture. They saw no reason to stay engaged. But when they get married and they have their families, at some point in time, they have to go back to those kids and tell them, "This is what we morally believe and go back to." So that I think they're coming back in the fold. Let's pray that that is so, and uh, stay tuned for the exciting second half of Unite, i.e. Radio. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Planet Home Lending and host of the main event, heard weekends right here on AM590 The Answer. 
If you'd like to own a home and you need financing, or you'd like to refinance a home you already own, whether that's in California or one of these escape from California states, Arizona, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, Texas, Arkansas, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, Ohio, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, or Montana, I'm the guy you want to talk to. Or if you'd like to inquire into the one of the most liberating financing tools for seniors, a reverse mortgage, you want to talk to someone who will guide you towards decisions based on your best interest, not theirs. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. My team and I will lead you to the best decision for you based on your short-term and your long-term goals. Again, for more information, call me at 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen, followed closely by the radio talk show host. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I am joined this week by Chad Schnicker, the president of the Faith and Freedom Coalition of California, and you can find them at ffcca.org. And we're also joined by the, the pastor of his organization, Pastor Ty McLean. And welcome back to the show, gentlemen. We had a most of our first half we were talking about even measured by what the Democrats in Sacramento do, an insidiously evil bill, AB 2223, which would allow the killing of living, breathing babies up to four weeks after they're born. And there will be a rally and lobbying in Sacramento to try to stop this evil bill on April 19. And if you can make your way up, that's a Tuesday. It's maybe a little hard if you have a... Have a have a day job, but if you can, uh, you can find more information at realimpact.us about the, this important event and trying to stop this uh, this evil bill. Uh, we're going to move on a little bit to another bill, which is which is um, maybe not quite uh, doesn't involve killing babies, but in terms of a, of its threat to the republic, may be just as great, and that is SB thirteen ninety. That was loud. Thank you, thank thank you, Engineer Dan, for that musical interlude. Um, Great dramatic, great dramatic music, and we'll uh, we'll we'll stand with that. So, back back where I was before the engineer so rudely interrupted me. SB uh, uh, Benjamin Franklin said that what cautioned us that he who would overthrow the liberty of a nation must first begin by subduing the freeness of speech. And uh, under this bill is to, uh, to try to make illegal and penalize social media companies that, quote, amplify, close quote, uh, harmful conduct, which includes libel and slander. Well, that's already, that's already civil actions for that. Um, and go to court if you think you've been slandered or defamed, and you can try to prove your case. Threats of imminent violence, not a, not a problem there, but, uh, but only against government entities. So if I was to go online and threaten to kill you, that's, to, that's perfectly okay under this bill. But more ominously, it inclu- uh, harmful content includes disinformation or misinformation, including but not limited to false or misleading information regarding medicine or vaccines, false or malice- misleading information regarding elections, or and, cons- and quote, conspiracy theories, unquote. Although we're increasingly seeing that uh, yesterday's conspiracy theorist is tomorrow's prophet. Yep. So then if, if a social media company... Uh, uh, quote, amplifies that and doesn't say what that means, uh, then they can be liable for $100,000 per amplified post. And it doesn't say. So if I, if I go on uh, Facebook or some other or Twitter or whatever it is, and I post information about the election fraud and whether that was in 2020, under there, of course, since they, since they define for themselves what misinformation is, that's misinformation. Now, what does amplify mean? I do, I do my post. I post it, and then I share it through their system, myself. Is that amplifying? The law does not say. But the idea is to deter social media companies who are already inclined to censor anything that's contrary to the um, talking points today of the Democrat Party. 
to give them even more incentive to try to uh, censor anything that uh, the Democrat Party disagrees with. And also, they have to make a report. They have to develop a database of harmful content complaints. So anyone who disagrees with us then makes a complaint to the social media company, then they have to report that to the state attorney general. And of course, I'm sure we can count on the state attorney general not to do anything nefarious with he'll, that, he'll keep that information. Yeah, Absolutely. He certainly wouldn't post the uh, names of people they're investigating for this. Right. And now let's let's think back to the recent history. The uh, Hunter Biden laptop story, misinformation for a long time, right? Uh, about two years later, it certainly was there. Let's also think back here in California, things that we're passionate about with faith and freedom. You know, not that long ago, at the beginning of 2020, um, uh, Xavier Becerra and the uh, Secretary of State and the Attorney General, they both um, kind of prosecuted uh, churches that were doing their uh, essentially almost a, a small level of ballot harvesting. The, the real issue that the churches had was they they participated with, uh, I think it was the Republican Party, but not exclusively, and they put the word official ballot box on drop box locations for ballots, right? And the state in that situation, I'll bring it back, investigated openly the pastors and these churches and the political people, including actual elected Republican officials, um, through the last three weeks of the 2020 election in a transparent, the most transparent attempt of voter suppression I've seen in my entire life and refused to, to, to name the code, the statute that was violated throughout this process, right? And then quietly, three weeks after the election, dropped it. So when we talk about giving the state more power to pull out, call out their political enemies, that's what you could do. They could say that anybody on here for sharing a Facebook or Twitter post potentially could be someone they're investigating, especially if the list gets to the Secretary of State. There's no consequences if they leak that information. And they say later on, oh, you know, we, we made a, a New York Times headline about these many people in your community sharing misinformation. It doesn't mean necessarily that that they have to follow up on it, just like we as the church has experienced not that long ago. Right, and there's all series of things. And we've seen that they've, they've covered up problems with their COVID vax, they, uh, uh, they've, they've switched themselves between whether masks are helpful, they're not helpful, and you, you can even, even there's even data. There was, you can cite a study on the, the posted on the uh, National Institute for Health website saying that masks are essentially useless. There's a CDC study from May of 20s, the same thing. They, lo- they went back and looked at uh, studies that are looking at this from... 1947 to 2018, and conclude again that masks outside of a medical environment pose little or no do little or no good in stopping a virus. Yeah, it's like trying to uh, stop a mosquito with a chain link fence. That's the relative size of the little pores in the in the mask compared to the size of a virus particle. And all, so and all of that becomes misinformation, and it's con- what's misinformation is constantly shifting based on their politics. Yeah. And that being said, I mean, we as Californians say this is only a California law, right? It's only going to affect California. No, the the social media policy uh, companies would have to affect this law so that it affects Californians and would essentially be censoring nationwide activities. Right. Because if you're on these, if he's on these nationwide or worldwide social media platforms, you, whatever you post anywhere can be seen yeah. from anywhere. And I don't have a lot of sympathy for the, let's just be off the bat. I don't have a lot of sympathy for the social media platforms. Uh, they are an excellent tool for the modern age. Uh, we certainly have a presence on all of them through Faith and Freedom. You can find our Faith and Freedom California website. Uh, you get the links to our Facebook. We've got an Instagram because I know that's what the kids are using. Uh, I'm old enough that I would, you know, if I wasn't port, uh, forced by my my wife to join uh, Facebook, I'd probably still be on MySpace, right? And then now the kids are on TikTok and all kinds of stuff. But that being said, you know, anything that happens here in California has a major impact nationwide. And and those of us that are um, would identify as conservative uh, have seen these onslaughts for some time. So it's it's no. It's no news to us that uh, that the left is trying to solidify their power. But what I think that I think did happen interesting in the news this week was was you know Elon Musk, uh, you know jumping in on Twitter. I'm not sure if we were going to you know, talk about that at all, but um, that that does seem to be a threat of this chokehold that the left has on social media on the on the modern day electronic public square. We'll see if that results in a change in uh, in Twitter's policies, which is one of the most aggressive at. Censoring. Yeah. Uh, Donald Trump um, uh, 
They, they kicked him off before the 2020 election, but they allow like the Ayatollah of Iran, yeah, among my, others, to be on. My buddies at the Babylon Bee, all those guys are shut out, shut down at Twitter. Um, so, and you know, they're they're based out of here, the Inland Empire. So that that's a local issue. And even for even for saying things that are indisputably true, like um, the person who now goes by the name Rachel Levin um, was born a was born as a man. Indisputably true. Yeah. And that's still that's misinformation. All right. Well, we do want to have a little bit of time to talk about election integrity, but is there anything else that really sticks out in terms of really bad legislation that you're tracking? Um, really, a lot of what we do is the the um, right to life bills. We track bills that um, affect churches' abilities to speak um, uh, in truth to to their parishioners. Um, there was an attempt, I believe, last year that, uh, in effect, what I talked about earlier with the, the churches that that were trying to get their parishioners to to get involved in the voting process. I don't have the bill number on hand, uh, but there was an attempt to to crack down on what's called static ballot collections. Um, and there was a couple of things like that, that, that we think are, are important. Um, because if a pastor wants to say, Hey, um, parishioners, uh, we love you. Uh, these are the issues that are happening in our society. And we think it would be beneficial if you just bring your ballots in. That's what, what faith and freedom is asked to do. Bring your ballots in on a Sunday, turn it in, don't turn it in. It's up to you, but we're going to pray over the election, over elected officials and for God's will to be in the United States. That's one of the, the, the larger programs that we have in Faith and Freedom California. And if people who don't, maybe they don't trust the post office, maybe they don't trust um, the system or the other, if they trust their pastor, will either have a, a staff member or the pastor himself, you know, and le- within the, the context of the law, fill out the back slap on, the, on, a, on a ballot, and they will dr- deliver those things to the ROV themselves personally on the last Sunday before every election. And so those are the types of things that we track, and, and any infringement on our, our programs, um, we're, we really um, come out against. There's a lot of great stuff going on in California on the conservative side, specifically coming from, from the churches, uh, who are leading the charge. And i got to give a lot of credit for Jack, to Jack Hibbs and, and the churches, big and small, that are willing to step out of their comfort zone and, and take a, a, a bite out of this culture war. Yes, now we we could delve into what's going on with the churches and why they really haven't stepped up, but we have we do want to yeah. talk about election integrity, and you're now going to put on a different hat. Yes, uh, and um, physically, let me just get putting on, putting on a different hat. Yep. And you are all, in addition to being the president of the Faith and Freedom Coalition, FFCCA.org, you are also the election integrity coordinator for the Riverside County Republican Party. And my, my friend Don Dix, who used to be my co-host here on the show, was really do, doing a, before he recently passed, a great job of turning that organization around into being an effective political fighting machine. And part of that was doing what we can under California law to uh, protect the integrity of our election. So everything you've said about as part of the Faith and Freedom Coalition is not necessarily the policy of the Riverside County Republican Party. True, true. Absolutely. It should be, but but not necessarily. We so. have different hats, and, yeah. and and there's a lot of uh, certainly a lot of crossover. But we have to make sure you know when I'm, I'm taking one hat off. That I am a volunteer for the Riverside County Republican Party. I'm on the executive board to do this, and I'll tell you, this is a it, it is a big job. Uh, we had about 200 people sign up for election integrity when Don was still with us. Uh, we had trained about 123 of them. 89 of them actually showed up on uh, on the the recall last year. And we covered 143 out of 145 polling locations. And then we stayed at the ROV to watch them count ballots and do the uh, 1% hand tally for weeks after, afterwards. So it was, it was, you know, we're one of the largest counties geographically in, in the United States, actually. We're huge. Hmm. So to cover the ground we did was, was excellent. Uh, and certainly we should do everything we can to try to, as, uh, to preserve the integrity of our elections as, as best as possible. But in California... I could walk into a polling place, and if you haven't voted yet, I could say, I'm Chad Schnicker, and they, with no questions asked, if I have your address and that's available on the voter rolls, uh, they will give me a ballot for you, and when you go to vote, or you mail in your ballot later, or your pastor carries it in for you, uh, your, your ballot will not be counted because the records will show that you already voted. Well, they would give you a provisional. Provisional, but it won't be counted because the records will show that you already cast a vote. I, at that point in time, so most people don't know this, and I, we encourage everybody to get involved. Um, and you know, but they're and, and, and 
<laughs> I like how the technology and the massive system that we have always breaks down to some minimum wage paid employee sitting at the ROV. But what people don't know is that when you turn your ballot in, specifically the absentee ballots or the handwritten ballots, these things all get processed, thrown into big black bags, transported at 8 o'clock at night from the, RO, or from the polling location all the way to the ROV location, and then dumped out like Santa Claus dumping his mail. And and they they run these things through uh, little machines and and whatnot. And what what comes up is imagine a room with twenty minimum wage, probably temp agency workers. Um, probably all Democrats. Uh, well, and, and you know it's it comes down to where they get the the temp agency for. And I'll give Riverside County some credit; they have an internal hiring system, so they don't go out um, like some of the other counties do. And these uh, workers, they sit at like a chair and have a dual monitor system. So on the left, they get the last four uh, signatures that you as the voter signed on your ballots. One, two, three, four. Going back last four years. Um, And then on top, they have your driver's license. So they're looking at a picture of the last five signatures that you filled out. And then they have to match that on the right with the signature that you just did for this one. And then they flag it or don't flag it. Now, once again, it goes back to – we're talking – And it's quick. Yes, millions. So these guys might spend 10 seconds on it, but there is, a, it is an element and a possibility of oversight. I mean, uh, we, as the Riverside County Republican Party, and with our, our poll observers, I then will have somebody standing behind that minimum wage worker, and we can't challenge his individual decisions. But if we see one person sitting there just hitting yes, 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 yes on completely evidently bad signatures, we can flag that employee to his supervisor. So, um, you know, there's there's a lot of things we could talk about the actual program itself that would give people a little bit more confidence than I think they currently have right now. And I'm not talking about Maricopa County, Arizona. I'm not talking about what happened nationwide. My efforts for the Riverside County Republican Party for election integrity are for our county, you know, because I, I have access to the registrar of voters. I have access to the county CEO. I just showed up and public commented and led a little protest against them two weeks ago. So I'm not their best friend. But what I will say is um, these people answer my questions and we have a working relationship. And anybody who's interested in the process can easily find the information on how to, how to, to get involved, work directly with us. Um, it, the system is a little better than most of us think on the local level. But once again, I'm not talking about how everything else is, is going on nationwide. Right. So, you know, of course, in, Cal- in California, they've gone to mail mail ballots. mail ballots to everybody on the on the on the voter rolls. Yeah. Which, according to the Election Integrity Project, there is a, there are one point eight more one point eight million more registered voters in California across twenty three counties than there are eligible citizens in those counties. I, I, I have spoken to Linda a couple of times. I I, 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 I seek her input input on Riverside County issues. Uh, they also put me on. Um, and I'm not sure if we're participating in it or not yet, but there's an election oversight committee that's kind of happening at the county level where the county had actually nominated um, one representative from each of the major political parties and a couple outside groups. And Don, before he passed, and I, I do miss that guy every day, um, you know, he, he appointed me to, to be the actual county commission for that. So that's starting up next month, of course, after the ballots go out. But we, we have the ability of, of seeking information and stuff. And the other thing I have, I, I take tour, tour uh, not tour trips. What's the thing you did in, in elementary school when you went to go tour something? Field trip. Field trips. Yeah. I'll take any of my volunteers. We'll go, have, we'll field trip the ROV. It's actually kind of fun. Um, and so we, we do a lot of cool things. I'm a little off, uh, off topic here, so I'll, I'll give it back over. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that, I mean, that, that it's important is that, that if, if they knew that no one was watching, how much worse would it be? True. I, the issue I have with the system, uh, maybe speaking a little frankly, because I know a lot of uh, a lot of conservatives are absolutely up in arms, and 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 for that I don't go to bat for other states. Um, I, I I have a problem with the way Los Angeles County does it. I, I think they're you know they're in, statewide there are two voting systems, um, and that was that was a change that was made in 2019, uh, and I think it was Xavier Becerra as well who wrote that. You know, Secretary of State executive order, whatever he could do to make every single county in in California get new ballot systems. Um, but L.A. County was the exception. They kind of invented their own, and it's so confusing and convoluted I couldn't imagine it. But for those of us that, that have one of the other major systems, and, and some of those systems are, are named that a lot of conservatives are opposed to. But what I will say is show up. Learn the process yourself. We have almost full access to it. And to your point, if they weren't – if we weren't there watching them – um, 
the question is, what could they get away with? And and, and I don't know if I think, especially on Riverside County's perspective. I mean, I, I fought Riverside County, both their public officials, the board of supervisors, a handful of times in these issues. But what I will say is. I'm more concerned about the bureaucracy. I mean, I, I wouldn't say intentional fraud is is the, on the top of my priority list. I would say just unintentional negligence, just from it being an inefficient bureaucratic system, which frankly goes from like 40 employees in an office year round to hiring 2,000 overnight. I mean, that is, um, from a logistics standpoint and from somebody who is a business owner, that's significant. And so with that comes poorly trained uh, election workers comes uh, confusion about the process comes a two day training system which may not be enough to to run a, an entire week long or more election system and and we as conservatives have not yet seen the results of what an all ballot uh, thing is going to truly end up looking like all mail ballots all mail ballots so uh, you know past political knowledge is that, that Republicans were early and reliable vote by mail voters in twenty twenty. Donald Trump changed that um, by by highlighting a lot of issues that happen nationwide. And I, I keep going back to nationwide because in California, despite the fact that, you know, we didn't end up voting for Donald Trump, we won four. We flipped four incumbent congressional Democrat seats in California in 2020. Flipped them back when we lost in 18. True, true. And uh, Faith and Freedom was doing a Christian voter outreach in a number of those seats. My firm was doing... Uh, voter outreach in a different, and of course, I've got multiple different hats. That's my third hat, but I'm not going to talk about that one right now. Um, and so if we're talking about election fraud and, and thinking that it happened in California significantly, my question would be, well, why didn't they stop us from reflipping these seats? Because we took them back. Um, and you know, they outnumber us, what, like two and a half or three to one? So they didn't have to cheat to, to, to make the electoral votes go to Donald Trump or go to Joe Biden in California. No, there, are, there I agree with you. And I've, I've, I've debated even on this show as the people on our side that say that the recall election was rigged. And, and, I, and I say, no, I don't much. There, there's, we have an unreliable vote election system. There, there is fraud in it. How much? You don't know. But there's not 20% plus points worth yeah. of vote fraud. Because exactly right. We wouldn't have picked up those congressional seats. We wouldn't have won on Prop 15, the, the property tax increase, or Prop 16, which would have reinstated government-sanctioned racial preferences in California. We wouldn't have won on those if they had 20 points of vote fraud. I, I do think that the recall election is perfect for what we're talking about, the election integrity. When you polled all the people who showed up to vote for Donald, 20, or for Donald Trump in 2020, the conservatives, and some of them we consider zero or one out of five voters. These are people that hadn't showed up in the last five elections, but they did show up for Donald Trump. If you were to poll those people and ask them why they showed up for Trump in 2020 and didn't show up to vote against Newsom in 2021, the reason they would tell you right off the bat is because they did not believe that their vote counted. They thought, of, they thought there was fraud. And so that's why it is so important that people know really what's going on at the local level. And Riverside County is not the not only the county, county. Ooh, echo, doing election integrity. Um, we have – what I do is uh, I am the Riverside County chapter of the statewide California Republican Party election integrity uh, operation. We're not the project. The projects they're a third party. They're different. Um, but everywhere in the entire state of California, we're, we're doing the same thing. We build teams. We train them on how to do election integrity, what they legally can and can't ask, how far they can intervene if they see something that they think is questionable. And then all the time, my poll watchers on election day, we're in a Slack group with like 20 attorneys. And if we find anything issues, and there were a couple of, of small ones in Riverside County. We had a, a, a polling location in Temecula that wouldn't allow anybody in without wearing a mask. And that, although that wasn't the polling rules, that was the school that was hosting its rules. So then somebody put that in the, in the slack. One of our attorneys had a lawsuit up in like five minutes. The registrar of voters called that, that location. We're talking about what we do with election integrity is not a toothless organization. We had results in 10 minutes. As allowed by, by, by California law. So, yes. you, so, you, so you have the, the scattering of ballots to the wind by mail. Ashley Babbitt, the woman who was murdered in the Capitol on January 6th. She received, or her husband received for her, three ballots. Uh, yeah, I can't quite speak okay. to that one. But We have a member in our group, and uh, in, tw in 2020, she received a ballot for a made-up person. It was a combination of the name of her former son-in-law and her deceased mother, a person that never existed, yeah. but she received 
a ballot for that person. Well, give that info to us. We'll yeah. investigate. Okay. The uh, in California it was by by administrative fiat in 2020. It's now by law. Is that to reject a mail a mail in ballot signature requires three yes employees to believe beyond a reasonable doubt. That, that's an, that that signature does not match. And there's other issues, the electronic voting machines. I got th- 20 seconds. So my favorite, one of my favorite complaints is the California Republican Party, if they were serious about this, would have already qualified for the ballot and a statewide election integrity law based on voter ID, photo ID, which is popular, hugely popular with Republicans independents and Democrats. But for some reason, the California Republican Party has not done this. And we could talk about why, but that is all the time we have. Thank you, Chad. Thank you, Pastor Ty, for being on the show. And tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite, i.e. Radio. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Planet Home Lending and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. If you'd like to own a home and you need financing, or you'd like to refinance a home you already own, whether that's in California or one of these escape from California states, Arizona, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, Texas, Arkansas, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, Ohio, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, or Montana, I'm the guy you want to talk to. Or if you'd like to inquire into one of the most liberating financing tools for seniors, a reverse mortgage, you want to talk to someone who will guide you towards decisions based on your best interests, not theirs. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. My team and I will lead you to the best decision for you based on your short-term and your long-term goals. Again, for more information, call me at 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. AM 590, the answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.